0: The semi-final playoffs, that is. It's the week 16 edition of the two-point stance powered by fantasypoints.com. I'm Brian Drake, your host on Twitter at Drake Fantasy, joined as always by my main man, the hardest working man in fantasy football. I'm gonna coin that on him right now. The managing editor of fantasypoints.com, Mr. Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. What's up, brother? How you doing? You, uh, you know, our,
1: up? I you know, I think I just finished my mismatch report for the week. Um uh only so many I can find this week. I mean, it's still a 5,000-word article, so. <laughs> but now that, but uh, <laughs> posting articles, all that, Drake, it's, uh, you know, our guy Trey Camberling, our our, our social media right. uh, head at Fantasy Points, yesterday, I, I didn't hear from him. He lives in Iowa. I didn't hear from him until, like, 11 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, no, what's wrong? Like, I always hear from Trey, always. And he just said, yep forgot to set an alarm and I just slept right through and like <laughs> today um I got up I, I went to bed at like eleven thirty. I had a few cocktails last night, but I went to bed at eleven thirty and I don't think I moved until nine o'clock in the morning. like it's just one of those um, you know the 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 length of the season wears on you. the you, you visions of data points dancing in your head, you know this time of year. and it's just um it's been it's been a pretty rewarding season, but uh we'll we'll uh, we'll see uh if we can make it even more rewarding here, uh Drake over the uh, over the next couple of weeks as we look for some championships.
0: No question, because we know the folks that are listening right now, you guys are diehards. You are probably still alive in your league. You love fantasy football, and you're trying to find any edge you can get. That's what we try to provide here at the Two Point Stance. We go through all the great articles at Fantasy Points and pull out a nugget or two to help you set lineups. And hopefully it's not too crazy. I know that's when... The tinkering begins, and, you know, that's the devil's work there when you start changing lineups around. So we don't want to do too much of that. We just want to kind of set it, forget it, and let's go cash a check. Let's start things off, Joe, with a fun one in the AFC Cincinnati at the Steelers. The Mm -hmm. Steelers will be with – is this a Mason Rudolph-led Steelers uh, team against Jake Browning and the Bengals? My God, what have we become in the NFL?
1: um Ru- rudolph i'm not i'm uh, drake i'm not even gonna try to make the clever joke because everybody's already made it uh rudolph getting a start on the christmas weekend is hysterical to me um but look drake I, st- what 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 do we have to say about pittsburgh at this point Najee harris is dealing with a knee injury there's really only two Steelers you can play deontay johnson i, I maybe fryer although he's gone quiet um but man, like Deontay Johnson and, and Jalen Warren at this point with Najee Harris dealing with, with the knee injury, like who else are you excited to play? Not that you're excited to play those guys, but who else in this backfield or on this team are you are you going to play?
0: Yeah, you, you really can't get too excited about it. I tried finding something good about this uh, Steelers offense, and I, I found a nugget in Graham Barfield's Stardom sitem article about Deontay Johnson, which is good because I'm kind of questioning starting Deontay. And he noted that Deontay led the team in targets and receptions in 10 starts with Rudolph back in 2019. He put up a line of 33, 85, and 4 in 10 games. So, hey, listen, we got Deontay here. He scored in three straight. Maybe Rudolph just kind of locks onto him and throws a ton of the balls to him. I'm debating putting him in a lineup, but as for these running backs, forget about it. Uh, Yeah, I I can't even bother with them. Let's flip it over to the Bengals. Okay for the running backs Joe Mixon still getting it done you know is he finished as a top 15 back six of his last eight games but your boy Joe Chase Brown coming on here come those touches week after week he's in double digit touches now are both of these guys startable if you're in a pinch or a super deep flex league where you got Brown on the bench
1: I think it's just I think it's just um if if you need, if you're in a real pinch, maybe you were starting Keaton Mitchell or something, but Mm -hmm. the running back slate is starting to get a little bit more filled out. I think Chase Brown is more of a deep flex. Like I said on, I I think last week's show, and I've been saying with Brawley on the waiver wire program, I think Chase Brown's more of a pick him up. If you're in a keeper league, because he might be a keeper for you next year. Um, I think that's more of what he is right now.
0: Yeah. And obviously there's going to be no Jamar chase. So, if you're a T Higgins owner, you're gonna play him. You're gonna get him in there because Lord knows he's gonna get a bunch of targets here. Uh, he does have a tough matchup. I want to lean on you with this Joey Porter Jr. situation for the Steelers. Seems like everyone's kind of downgrading Higgins this week. Uh, but if I own Higgins, trust me, he's going to my yeah. lineup and I got big plans for him.
1: Look, like here's the thing, and and this is Reddit Reddit, everybody on Reddit, you post your article on Reddit, and you're like, hey, guys, I did this these hours of research for you, and, and then they just really want their hands held. Well, I Joey Porter Jr. is going to shadow T. Higgins this week. He did it mm-hmm. with Jamar Chase a few weeks ago. He's going to do it with Higgins this week. That doesn't necessarily mean – Joey Porter Jr. is a rookie. It doesn't necessarily mean you bench a guy. I'm just describing the fact that he's going to shadow. Maybe you make him a slight downgrade uh to a wide receiver too, but not much more than that. I mean, I think T Higgins is going to get peppered with targets. You know, I got eliminated in the league. He's done nothing all year and then he scores two touchdowns, he reaches the ball across the goal line like he's Michael Jordan in Space Jam on that <laughs> on that a uh, game-tying touchdown. And he and and look, I'm I'm playing that guy with no Jamar Chase this week. I don't care if Joey Porter Jr is going to shadow
0: him. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. You put the guy in the lineup and I was just talking to a buddy of mine who hosts a radio show here in Syracuse before we went on the air and he was sending me his lineup because, ah, should I put this guy in or this guy? And I go, listen, I want people at this stage of the fantasy season, set your best lineup, put your stars in there. If I lose, I'd rather go down and say, you know what? I started Jonathan Taylor and T Higgins and Patrick Mahomes than saying, oh my God, I lost because I started. You know, Jake Browning and Tyler Boyd. Like, I can't go yeah. that route. You know, put put your stars in there. And I mean, look, there's def- there's going to be
1: discussions to be had. Maybe you're in a spot, and we'll get to this game later. Maybe you're in a spot where you're asking Rasheed Rice or T. Higgins. I think I'd go Rasheed Rice in that situation. But it's all it's all dependent. I don't think Joey Porter Jr. At least at this stage is the type of corner who, as good as he's been this year, I'm being like, oh, it's not like Revis back in the day, you know.
0: mm Hmm. All right, enough of that game. Let's go to the other Saturday affair where it's the Bills and the Chargers. What a fun way to end your Saturday night. Maybe you'll be at the mall, you'll be enjoying some adult beverages or whatever the case may be. Our number one quarterback in the Fantasy Points QB rankings is Josh Allen this week, and I don't know how much in-depth we have to do here, Joe. This Chargers team quit a week ago. The Raiders dropped bombs on them. And now it's kind of just, let's play out the string here. I doubt Keenan Allen plays in this game. Austin Eckler's unstartable. Uh, And for the bills, you got to start everybody, even on Diggs, who hasn't done much, but I think this is a get right spot for him.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, Josh Allen completed seven balls last week. And he said, what, what was his comment? He said, I got an a on the group project and I didn't contribute. Um, yeah. I mean, Josh, you contributed far more than that. They they've, they've had some, uh, They've had some efforts where Josh was the one who did the entire group project and his teammates were the ones who let him down, uh, like uh, like the game against the Eagles a few weeks ago. So, no, Josh Allen, you do not worry about it, my friend. Um, I do think they'll throw it a little bit more this week for Stefan Diggs. This is a team that gave up 63 points last week. I know some of it, defense special teams, I get it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Bills are going to try to get their passing game going this week. Start all your key Bills, except for maybe Dalton Kincaid. I, I think I'm out on Kincaid with Dawson Knox back.
0: Yeah, that's it's an interesting one there. I know I've got to play him in a spot or two. Jordan Phillips went on IR for the Bills today. Schefter reported that. So a blow to the Bills up front. If you've got Eckler and huh. you're like, listen, I got to play him. I drafted the guy in the freaking first round. Is this a situation, Joe? We see it all the time. And I, whenever we all get this group thinking, we go one way of, oh, the, the charges are dead. They're never going to show up. They're the worst team in football. I always say bet the other direction and we see it with teams. When we get new coaches in, maybe there's a spark ignited guys are rejuvenated a little bit and they come out and they play with their hair on fire because they got nothing to lose. Could we see that situation with the chargers this week?
1: I think Eckler's a flex, um, max. Um, I I just don't think this team's very good Drake. And I think Buffalo's got a lot to play for right now. So I think, I, I think Josh Palmer, maybe, um, I have an interesting one for you. Uh, Josh Palmer
0: or Noah Brown oh Noah Brown for me all day okay. as long as he plays I know he's been banged up but yeah, he could I be mean, getting Stroud back also
1: yeah well they're not, I don't think they're gonna get Stroud back uh don't I think don't so? think Stroud's gonna play and, and Nico okay. Collins might so there's a lot of layers to that mm. yeah I, I dude I think this team's dead I don't think they're even I don't think they're getting a new coach bump I think it's over
0: you want to talk about you know a, a fantasy Bonanza. I want you to get the kids around the campfire. I want you to get grandma in from the kitchen, tell her to put down the cookies. We got commanders at Jets on Sunday here, baby. This is the DST special. Both these defenses are going to score 75 points in this game.
1: (laughs) It's possible. I mean,
0: all right. So, Brees Hall, he's a guy that, you know, really let people down a week ago. He was getting it done through the air because he was being a really valuable receiver. This commander's defense, let's be honest, they stink. Can we trust Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson in our lineups this week?
1: No. I think Garrett Wilson more so than Brees Hall. The Jets still haven't – Drake, not a broken record. The Jets still haven't reached 60 non-scramble rush yards in a game since week five. And they just had their worst output of the season – against the Dolphins with just 24 non-scramble rush yards. The run game has been the worst in the NFL by far this season. Drake, they'd have a bad rush grade by our trench metrics against 11 Adam Kaplan's this year. Like, like, Let's be honest. <laughs> um, Brees Halls a receiving dependent flex. If you've made it this far, you know what Brees Hall is right now. I am never going to pound the table at this point to say start Brees
0: Hall. I got to pull this from the start-sit report from our guy Graham Barfield. Hall is heavily game script dependent. He's averaging 7.1 fantasy points per game. That's RB 46 in the nine losses for the Jets, but 20.2 fantasy points per game. That's RB two in their five wins. They're a three point favorite at home. Let's go, baby. I need you in the Kings classic breeze. Bring it home for me. You son of a bitch.
1: You know what he is, don't you? Like, you're hoping he catches a bunch of checkdowns, and he can do yeah. that. And, you know, maybe this is the week that he goes above 50 rush yards. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm, I'm not counting on
0: that. <laughs> How about for the commanders here? You know, we got our boy Sam Howell. Who knows with him? We had a Terry McLaurin sighting last week. That was nice. Uh, but Antonio Gibson was someone that we we're like, hey, I think he's going to catch all these passes. And he's going to have the role that, you know, We could use him in a PPR. That really didn't come to fruition. Uh, Are you trusting anybody on the commander side?
1: No. How about this? Terry McLaurin has his first 100-yard game of the season. But there's a huge caveat there, Drake. Mm -hmm. 93 of the 141 came in the fourth quarter after Jacoby Brissett came in and uh, of course they're going he's going against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on the perimeter. So no, I consider Terry McLaurin a wide receiver four. Logan Thomas took Logan Thomas took crap. Jahan Dotson's been one of the biggest disappointments all year. If there's a if there's a commander I actually feel decent about playing, it's probably
0: Curtis Samuel. I was just going to ask you about him. He's kind of a hot name in in sleeper circles. Uh, you know, when you look at what he's done in his 10 fully healthy games, he's averaging more fantasy points than McLaurin on an 18% target share compared to 21 for McLaurin. That again, from Barfield's article, he's doing a great job of that over there. I encourage everyone to go read it. Colts at the Falcons. Boy, oh boy. What in the world happened last week with B. John Robinson. You're always a fun guy to check in on, on the, you know, Artie Smith situation. They've got all these first round picks. They've got, you know, talent coming out their ass. They didn't want Lamar Jackson, but, I got last time. week. I mean, I, I Bijan scored negative freaking fantasy points last week and bounced me out of my home league. Are you kidding me with his B John Robinson nonsense? It's an abs. It's
1: absolutely freaking ridiculous, dude. I mean, like it, Artie Smith cannot, cannot help himself. It's just, you know what he is? It's at this point, Buying, buying toddlers. I, don't you think a, a, a kid really has to start? Like, I think two is probably the right age for a kid to start appreciating Christmas. Don't you? Like they, as a they father start of two, a,
0: yeah, two, three. Sure.
1: That starts to really be my nephew. My nephew turns three in May. So he's two and a half. And I think it's like the right age where he starts to understand about, you know, Santa Claus and gifts and all that stuff. And he's getting presents. and, but. Younger than that, you're spending hundreds of dollars on these children, and they're playing with wrapping paper. Hmm. You're like, oh, here's this really cool motorized learning robot, but there's also paper. Arthur Smith plays with the wrapping paper, and that maybe that's just because he had everything he needed or wanted or didn't want growing up. But he's playing with the wrapping paper. He's got three top 10 draft picks. And he, and in a, a must-win game, not just for your fantasy team, Drake, but for his NFL team against the worst team in the NFL, he's given carries to Tyler Algier and Johnny Smith, his leading receiver. I mean, it just the guy just cannot help himself. I don't know what else to say about this team at this point. I expect after they he finally got the comeuppance, he finally got what he deserved for all this bizarre usage that they're going to go back to Bijan this week. But I can't guarantee it. You guys know that. I'm not playing Kyle Pitts. Drake London, I think I'll throw in a lineup here. But uh,
0: good luck if you freaking survived, man. Yeah, Drake London last week. Are you kidding me? Two for 24 on three targets. Just just brutal. Heads up on that Colts run defense, too. Much, much better uh, with Grover Stewart back in the lineup. He's uh, playing really well. Uh, If you need a DST streamer out there, and the Colts are available, might not be the worst option. I pulled this from Scott Barrett's Everything Report. Michael Pittman, who did practice fully on Thursday, yeah. so it looks like he's going to play, he caught four or five targets for 78 yards before exiting last week's game with that concussion. So in games with Gardner Minshew, the nine starts under uh, you know the good Gardner, Pittman's averaging 11 targets a game. This guy is legit. So if Pittman plays, folks, I'm all wheels up. Put him in, even for a DFS lineup. I love Michael Pittman. He is an alpha.
1: Now, I will say this. Um, he um, will get shadowed by AJ Terrell in this game, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's enough for me to sit him because of how many targets Gardner Minshew is going to give him. Um, by the way, in this game, they should get every blue tent. In the uh, in the the greater Georgia area, available for Gardner Minshew against H. B. Heineke, like like look, the Demonte KZ hit was terrible. That was an awful throw by Gardner Minshew. I mean, he put him in in harm's way on that on that hit Drake. There's no two ways about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah, it's that yeah, it was tough. <laughs> hospital, hospital ball Heineke. Josh Downs. If you got him, I don't think you can play him uh at, at this point you know four straight weeks where he's really done a whole lot of nothing for you so unless you're desperate and you you need him I'd, I'd probably look elsewhere yep. keep it uh, rolling I here agree. I, I saw our boy Kaplan said he dropped him in the ACI I, I don't advocate necessarily dropping the guy but well if you're not going to play him let somebody else put him in their lineup and uh you know you go against him when they crap the bed Joe, how about the Seahawks? Fresh off their last-second miracle win over the Eagles, they're going to travel to Nashville to take on the Titans. few things to look at here. Number one, Geno Smith is going to return, it seems, for the Seahawks. That's good for DK Metcalf, good for Lockett, JSN. Uh, I think any of those players on Seattle, you're going to start those guys. I, my question here is with the Titans. Do they feel the need to play Derrick Henry Anymore, may they turn things over to Tajay Spears, and and this could be a Ryan Tannehill game, which in terms of backups coming in, I mean, you could do much, much worse than Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that Titans backfield with Spears and Henry? I mean,
1: for DFS purposes, like I'm not I'm not playing anybody here, but Mm -hmm. like, how do you how do you sit Derrick Henry? You know, Seattle's been an exploitable run defense. Um You can argue the Eagles didn't run the ball enough against them last week, but they've been an exploitable run fence. I just have to go back to the well with Derrick Henry here, and I don't feel good about it. But this is a guy who had two touchdowns in three consecutive games, and it looked like he was going to do it early last week because they got it down to the one-yard line and Levis vultured him, and then he just never got going. I kind of have to feel like I have to go back to the well with Henry here, and I don't expect this is going to be a high-scoring game, so I don't think it's a great spot for Spears either.
0: Right, and Spears is great in situations where he's playing in that hurry-up role and he's catching a bunch of passes. This game could be offensively challenged from the jump. Uh, would you agree, everybody for Seattle, if you've got Ken Walker, any of the receivers, you're playing them? I don't know your you know, comfort yeah. level with JSN, but.
1: They've been it's, – it's more of a less of a comfort level with, uh, with, with Lockett lock at this point. Um, here's the thing about the Titans. The Titans, they've been a pass funnel for basically the last two seasons. But the run defense has had a bizarre season of streaks. Um, from weeks one through four, the run defense was elite, and they were great last year too, Drake. Then from week five through nine, they, their run defense struggled badly. They gave up 100 or more non-scramble rush yards in four straight games. And then in weeks 10 and 13, they were back to crushing it. They allowed uh, under two, under three yards per carry in all of those games. And then the last two weeks, they've gotten their asses kicked by the Dolphins and the Texans. It's kind of hard for me to grasp this run game, but there is something I did find. It should be noted that the Dolphins and the Texans are both the zone-heavy run teams and the Seahawks Mm -hmm. actually run zone at a higher clip than both the Dolphins and the Texans do this year. So I think this is a spot for Ken Walker. Even though he's got a bad rush grade, I think he can pop off a run because schematically, the Titans might struggle against what Walker and the Seahawks do best.
0: Let's keep it rolling here. Green Bay Packers, they're going to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers. Green Bay is a team I put in the DST streamer article. I don't trust them. At all, but they did get five sacks a week ago on Baker Mayfield. Carolina is a total joke, or as kids today say, they are an unserious football team. Uh, so, if you've got Green Bay, you're streaming, you're looking for some upside. I can see it, but if yeah. they let you down, just be sure your boy Drake forewarned you. Okay,
1: it, it's In- far more likely Carolina's offense makes Joe Barry look competent than the other way around. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the. I think that's the, the, the. That's the draw from that Drake. Yes, I agree.
0: All right, in uh, in this game, what do you expect from these Green Bay wide receivers? It should be an opportunity for them to kind of go off to get things right. Christian Watson missed the last two games. Jaden Reed was looking good, and you know, and then Jaden Reed has a toe injury in Week 15. Dontavian Wicks is kind of stepping up, mm-hmm. six for ninety-seven against the Bucks. Uh, you know, what's your thought process if you got one of these guys? I know my son flexes Jaden Reed every single week in his. Uh, full point PPR. He loves the guy.
1: This is Jason Hershorn from uh, The Leap, which is a Packers newsletter. He literally just tweeted this out reporting from Matt LaFleur's press conference on how Dontavion Wicks is similar to Devontae Adams. Now, of course, you're going to remember Whoa. Greg Cosell compared, you know, Romeo Dobbs stylistically in college to Devontae Adams. And you can't. And then, of course, got to throw in the, the Cosell qualifier. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, and that's certainly not what we're saying right now about Dontavion Wicks. But here's what Matt LaFleur had to say. Quote, the way I like to compare it is crossing uh, someone over on the basketball court. He's got that ability to play on his insteps, and he's got that short area quickness. So he's able to get open, and they're talking this guy up. And, Drake, I think he's a wide receiver three this week against Carolina.
0: Wow. I like it. That's you know one of those deep now sleepers keep- you throw out there.
1: Keep an eye on the status of Watson and Reed, but certainly uh, if one or both of them can't go, I really like him. I like him more than Romeo Dobbs for sure.
0: Sticking with this Packers offense, a sleeper that I've been talking up lately is Tucker Craft at the tight end position. I was listening to Hanson early on, on a Thursday morning on his Sirius XM show. He said he'd play Tucker Craft over Dallas Goddard this week. You know, Craft is getting in the end zone a little bit. They're finding targets for him so if you're dying at tight end and you don't have anybody else i, I might start tucker craft in the king's classic uh, at a flex so you know if you're desperate you know we'll see what happens what do you make of this backfield with aaron jones he looked it. like a world beater coming out what did the guy get like seven it. touches the first drive and then they're like nah we're not gonna give you the ball anymore yeah i it, it was very
1: similar to the eagles last week right Um, just come out great opening drive and then vomit all over yourself. The rest of the game. Um, I actually thought Jordan love played really well last week, by the way. And I
0: think he's been playing really well. Chuba Hubbard. I mean, you look at what he's doing, getting a ton of work. Uh, he's a guy that if you desperately need him, I think you put him in the lineup. I, you know, he, he's going to get touches. I don't care if the team's winning or losing Chuba Hubbard's their guy.
1: Yeah. Um, Christmas is a time for. Uh, let's say empty calories or stuffing your face like a piece of pie which has no nutritional value Um, and you might feel awful after you do it but at the time it's satisfying that's kind of what chuba hubbard is right now from a fantasy football perspective just and he and javante williams are the king of empty calories right now
0: well someone who's not as we go to our next game which is the lions at the vikings how about Devin Singletary? You know, he had this nice run, and then we're like, yeah, they're kind of mixing Damian Pierce back in. I pulled this from Chris Wecht's five stats to know. His number one stat this week, Devin Singletary led the NFL in percentage of team carries in week 15 and had the fifth highest expected fantasy point share. I mean, he was he was the run game right there. 81% of the carries, and he saw five targets. I think if you got Devin Singletary, you put him in the lineup, and you go, okay, he's my guy. He, you know, RB2, flex, whatever you got to do. Uh, and Damian Pierce, I mean, he should just probably be on the waiver wire at this point.
1: Yeah. Oh, my, not even close. He's not even like their number two. He played fewer snaps than Goomba Wally last week. A
0: Goomba Wally. I
1: yeah, love that So no, 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 no. Damian Pierce, <laughs> he's not. You, you're better off carrying a second quarterback or a second defense than Damian Pierce right now.
0: I like that. How about uh, these running backs for the Lions? I wish I could attribute this to whoever put it on Twitter, but the Lions—excuse me—the Vikings' defense is really good, and the way they're playing defense, Joe, is making running backs stay into block because they're bringing that kind of pressure off the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you still have to start either of these guys. There's no, no. way you're sitting Gibbs. You're not sitting Montgomery. So just, just be aware, though, that the Vikings, they play some defense up there in Minnesota now. Well, I will tell you this. Um,
1: Jared Goff, by the way, is um, Graham, Graham brought that up in start city had the exact numbers I, are, are, I don't have off the top of my head, but he said Goff, Goff can struggle when he's blitzed, um, but he also has a better quarterback rating indoors than outside this year. This game is indoors. At, when it comes to to this is more of a season long start sit kind of show than the DFS show that the guys do. The DFS show the guys can make their individual cases for or against Gibbs, Montgomery, mm-hmm. whatnot. For our game, our purposes that we really mostly discuss on this show, you're, the Lions are a five-man team, and you start them all. You start Saint Brown, you start Laporta, you start Goff, and you start the two running backs. And and that's the case this week. Um, for the Vikings, though, uh, Drake, the one thing that I you had to point out is the coach speak from uh, from Kevin O'Connell on Ty Chandler, yeah. don't you?
0: Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, I kind
1: of I kind of buy it right now.
0: Yeah, and if you went and picked up Ty Chandler, we mentioned it last week. We said it's very rare that in the fantasy playoffs you can go pick up a guy who could become an RB1, RB2. Ty Chandler's getting in the box for you. You know, he's playing like some, basically every down out there for him. And you're just going to keep putting him in the lineup. They want to keep Ty Chandler on the field. So, hey, God bless you. If you got Ty Chandler, you're scooping him up the wire, good for you. Might be that uh, quote-unquote league winner yeah. that we talk about, Joe.
1: Let me give you that a quote. It's from Kevin Seifert from ESPN. Kevin O'Connell quote: "We're kind of building with the mindset that Ty is going to be a guy we're trying to get the ball to a lot. There's a lot of words out there, both in the run and the pass. And if we have Alex, that's going meaning Madison. That's going to be a huge bonus for the depth and making sure we have our full group available. It basically sounds like he's demoted Alexander Madison with that with that quote. Hmm.
0: Last guy in this game, Jordan Addison went off two touchdowns, 111 yards." Was that fool's gold? I'm looking at the everything report from Scott Barrett and he's cautioning people not to overreact to it uh, because TJ Hawkinson out-targeted Addison and Justin Jefferson had a damn near 30% target share, which was top 10 on the week. So was this just kind of right place, right time? And yes, y- you don't want to go back to the well.
1: I'm not I, going back to the well is, is a little not going back to the well is a little harsh for me, but like I agree with Scott, it was more of a right place, right time. And I definitely think Justin Jefferson is, as as you would imagine, still the alpha here.
0: <laughs> no question about that one. Uh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba. I'm uh, scrolling down here. What is this game here? He's got Browns at Texans. Is that even a game this week, Joe? Yeah, it is. It's a game this week.
1: You we, we were talking. You were talking about Damian Pierce earlier, and then I think yeah, just so
0: I, I, I go. I didn't talk about the Browns. What
1: yeah, the we didn't to my Browns. So, <laughs> well, well, I've got a lot to talk about with the Browns here. Drake. Let's go, let me, my let
0: me, let me just brother talk from about another mother, here. Joe Flacco.
1: Yeah, how about this? Okay, so let me let me handle the Browns, and you can move on to the next game. The Browns have Drake quite correctly decided that they can't run the ball behind an offensive line that's been utterly decimated by injuries. Jerome Ford, uh, he's cleared 10 carries just once in his last four games, while Flacco's dropped back about 50 times in each of those games. Now, fortunately, Flacco still targets Ford semi-regularly. He has 12 catches on 14 targets in Flacco's three starts. They also mix in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I think he got a catch from DTR last week in that short yardage package but with Ford losing carries and still seeding red zone work to Kareem Hunt he's more of a flex option going forward and remember Houston just shut down Derrick Henry but I fully expect this if you're starting Flacco to be another pass heavy game for Stefanski, uh, Kevin Stefanski, but there are some caveats. The Browns have been the best pass protecting line over the last five weeks by quarterback pressure rate over expectation, but that includes just one game without Dewan Jones, the, the rookie right tackle who was already their backup right tackle. He's out for the year with a knee injury. Now on the flip side, the Texans could be without Will Anderson, who suffered a high ankle sprain in week 14 and missed last week. And, Quite frankly, Drake, I think Flacco is a completely viable start this week. So long as you don't get dinged too much for interceptions, uh, he's thrown a bunch of them. Uh, he miss, He's missed some throws the last number of weeks, but he's also made some big-time throws. Uh, I think he's a viable option here this week if you need him. I love that. I love it. So there Jaguar. you go, Drake. You skipped the Browns, and now I I, uh, I completely picked you up. So there
0: you Thank go. Thank you. Appreciate it. I've got 38 different tabs open here, bouncing between everybody's articles. And uh, once in a while, folks, you get to week 16, you miss something. It happens. But Jaguars, uh, they're an exciting lot. They're going to South Florida to take on this pesky Bucks team with Baker Mayfield. And I like Baker as a streamer this week. We've got Rashad White ranked very high over at fantasy points right now. I I, want to say he is our RB two on the week. As I I pull up the numbers here, he is Rashad white just behind Christian McCaffrey. So what a find. And I got put on blast by fantasy receipts this week, Joe, for my pickup Sean Tucker take. In uh in week Be- two. Being
1: but- a Syracuse Homer is not a not a not a method for fantasy success, Drake. It hasn't been since <laughs> Donovan McNabb left Syracuse. Um Donovan wow. playing with Marvin Harrison. And then uh who was the guy who had the big year with the the Browns? Kevin Johnson. He he had a big year with the Browns the one
0: time. Yeah, former quarterback, turned receiver, Kevin yeah. Johnson. People love Marvin Harrison Jr., the original Marvin Harrison also went to Syracuse. Uh hey, we're turning around guys. We're a big recruiting class coming into Syracuse this year. Florida State, you want to leave? Good. Go ahead. One less team we have to worry about in the ACC. But we're talking NFL here. We're talking fantasy football. Uh and we're talking about these bank uh excuse me, these Jags. And I pulled this from Wex 5 stats to know. In 2 weeks without Christian Kirk, Zay Jones is only playing 59% of the Jags red zone snaps. So he's behind Ingram, he's behind Ridley, And they're even mixing in this Parker Washington fella a little bit. You remember Zay Jones the past few years? He's been a guy that's been really good in the red zone. He's been kind of a touchdown guy. And I know folks maybe in a deeper league were trying to flex him and and be sneaky about that. But just be aware, Zay Jones really isn't getting it done. He's He's also digged up,
1: by the way. He's also digged up. Trevor Lawrence, we don't know if he's going to play. Not a whole lot we can say from Jacksonville's perspective without information on either of those. But as we recorded this, Lawrence hasn't practiced yet this week.
0: Yeah, and if he if he doesn't play, you know, yikes! Good luck with that one. Uh, if you need a streamer, I mentioned Baker. How about Chris Godwin coming back from the dead? I mean, we haven't heard from this guy basically all season, and he explodes. I don't know how many teams have Chris Godwin in their starting lineup that are still active, but if you do, does this give you hope for a back-to-back performance here, Joe?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll view it as more of a blip on the radar. I think it's more of a Rashad game this week.
0: Okay, all right. Obviously, Big Mike, you get him in. Uh, let me throw this at you, Big Mike. He's obviously a Hall of Famer, right?
1: I think so. Scott doesn't. Um, really? Yeah, I, I had this discussion with um with Tom and Graham a few weeks ago. I don't know how you can look at that run of consistency. Like, and here's what I said: the the, the notion is he was never considered one of like the three or four best receivers. What if that's our fault? Could what be. if it's our fault for not considering him that? You know, like, it's like, it's like, uh, I'm a Phil, I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. So I'm going to, I'm going to use a hall of fame argument that uh, is going around. Right now. First and foremost, I'm a I'm a believer that Hall of Fames are museums. And I think I so I I like to blend the stats with also the story. So the Mm -hmm. story, so you would think from my perspective, that like the Mike Evans narrative should be, Oh, I never thought he was one of the three or four best receivers in football, so he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. But I think that's BS in this regard because I don't know how you look at the numbers, the production, the fact that his worst years actually came with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. um because Brady favored Godwin it I don't know how you think he can't be a hall of famer but anyway back to my point yeah. Chase Utley is is currently on the Hall of Fame ballot for the Phillies and and he's getting some some support a lot of, a decent amount of, he's not going to get in this year he probably isn't going to get in next year but he's getting a support from about so far like half of the the voters and usually if you get that support on your first ballot you're going to get in the baseball hall of fame eventually mm-hmm. and one of the things that people are knocking him for Chase Utley is that he never won a gold glove award but if you look at the advanced defensive metrics which are flawed but if you look at the advanced defensive metrics and you look at some of the plays he made throughout his career I think the advanced defensive metrics have him as a top 10 second baseman of all time not just of his era but of all time in terms of defense and so I'm likening this to Mike Evans. What if the fact that we don't talk about Mike Evans as one of the three or four best wide receivers in football is on us and not on Mike Evans? I think that's
0: more likely the case. Could you say Mike Evans is the Scott Rowland of fantasy football? I mean, Scott Rowland got into the Hall of Fame last year. Mike Evans consistently good. His team's, you know, all right. He's got a ring. What about the fact that Mike Evans? I mean, we'll get off the Mike Evans topic in a second here, but. He plays in a, a small market. It's in Tampa. Nobody kind of cares about Tampa Bay. Yeah. They've had some ups and down years, but I like Mike Evans. And if he I, was I a really like him in
1: college than he was as a pro because he played with freaking Johnny football. So
0: no, I think, uh, I think he's a hall of famer and I think he's definitely
1: going to get in.
0: If you need a defense, this was my favorite defense of the week to go out and pick up. It's those Chicago bears and they're going to be hosting Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Murray's going to come to town with his all-world tight end, Trey McBride, who Scott Barrett points out in the Everything Report. Since Murray returned in Week 10, McBride's averaging 17.3 fantasy points per game, which ranks number one among all tight ends and would be 13th most among all receivers. Trey McBride, what a stud. I can't wait for the arguments we get to have. In the offseason season, Joe, about where are we ranking for you know this season with Laporta and Hawkinson and Kelsey and, and McBride? It's like finally we have some tight ends to play here. Uh, so obviously, you're playing Trey McBride. Yes. My question. I mean, I think I, I, I'd play him over, over Kelsey. Oh yeah, I, I'd I play love, him over Kelsey. That's where I'm at with McBride. Where are you with Kyler though this week? on the road against the I, I Bears. Die in
1: here, man. I've got a decision. I I want your help here, man. All right, Kyler or Minshew. I mm. I, I went with Kyler last week, and thank the Lord he stayed in there. Um,
0: I think like if, if, like if Pittman at the end plays, of game. if Pittman plays, I think I go Minshew.
1: Yeah. God, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be one down to the wire for me. But I mean, because really all his, the only receiver he has is McBride. I don't even yeah. I'm not even sure Hollywood Brown still plays in the league.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Hollywood Brown's gonna play this week. You can't count on him at all in, in this game. And uh, you know, James Conner last week, 86 yards and a touchdown but his, his snap rate is now under 50%, and it's his second lowest of the season. They're getting Carter. They're getting Demarcado in the mix a little bit more. Uh, you know, this could be not a great weather game. It's cold up there. To me, when I see a team like Arizona go to play in a place outdoors like mm-hmm. Chicago, I just look at it and I go, like, this team's going to shut it down. Like, they're, they're just not going to show up. And they, what do they have to play for?
1: I'll tell you one guy I like this week a lot is Justin Fields. And, um, mm. hmm. I want to talk about the run game, too, but here's the thing. Uh, Scott Scott brought this up in the Everything Report. Against top 10 defenses as measured by schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game, Justin Fields averages 28.7 DK fantasy points per game. Um, and good news is that he this is a top 10 matchup this week against Arizona. Let me take this a bit further. Fields' adjusted net yards per pass attempt is 7.98 when not pressured this year. Um, Adjusted net yards per pass attempt um, takes into account sacks, turnovers, all that stuff. That's 12th among quarterbacks, right behind Justin Herbert. So when he's not pressured, he's basically been as efficient as Justin Herbert. But when he is pressured, 0.95 adjusted net yards per pass attempt, which is 40th, basically equal with Zach Wilson. So when you pressure Justin Fields, he's Zach Wilson. When you don't pressure Justin Fields, he's Justin Herbert. This year, at least. The good news for for Justin Fields, Arizona is the league's worst pass rush by quarterback pressure rate over expectation over the last five weeks. He has a slam dunk QB one and probably going to end up being uh, one of the more popular DFS quarterbacks of the week.
0: All right. So that's what you have at the quarterback position. What about the running backs? in chicago they've got these three guys they're giving them all snaps Deonta foreman 16 snaps they gave him six carries i think the dude damn near scored negative points for some people out there khalil herbert nobody wants to play him but he's still getting six rushing attempts and then roshan johnson plays 37 snaps for the bears uh gets you 10 points gotta like that but i i don't know i think this is a week Deonta foreman could come through for you but are they gonna give him the damn ball
1: The bears are four and a half point favorites on the year. Foreman has averaged 73 rush yards per game and 4.6 yards per carry in wins against 34.3 yards per game and 3.4 yards per carry in losses. And they're implied to win this game. Of course, they're four and a half, five point favorites. So if you dare, Arizona has allowed the most adjusted yards before contact per rush attempt over the last five weeks on this slate. So If you dare, this should be a Rashawn uh, uh, Deontay Foreman week. Uh, But do they, after what he did last week, do they decide we're just going to go to Rashawn Johnson? And that's a question I can't answer. It is the numbers back up playing Deontay Foreman. I'm not sure I have the gut to do it.
0: It's going to be interesting. My son's got that decision to make. We'll see what he comes up with. All right, let's go. The game of the day here, possibly. Uh, you know, one of the games of the weekend. What a great weekend of football! I can't wait to sit around and and you know drink some IPAs. I already bought the beers, by the way. That's when you know you're you're fired up for a good weekend. When I on a Thursday, you go out and buy your beers for the weekend.
1: Well, it's Cowboys. Weekend, you've got to get you've got to get ahead of the game, man. You've of gotta,
0: course,
1: you've already. I've spent seventy dollars on cheese this week uh, for my <laughs> lasagna that I'm making.
0: Ooh, seventy bucks on cheese for lasagna. That's fantastic! And you make it yourself. You're the cook. I'm making lasagna. Yes, I'm making lasagna. Look at you. I go out and buy chicken tenders from a place called Tully's. Anybody who's ever been to Syracuse knows about the Tully's tenders. Uh, and that's what we have for Christmas Eve. We have all sorts of appetizers. I'm an appetizers guy.
1: Yeah, we, we have a ton of appetizers, too. But I'm I'm working on Christmas Eve, man. I've got to do the serious show. So my father-in-law is going to be making gumbo while I do that. And then Ooh. I will I will be up Christmas morning and starting to prepare the lasagna.
0: If you need an hour break or something, you or Paul, just tag me in. I'll be here watching the games, drinking. I'll come. Appreciate it. I'll jump to a run-in. I know you guys are going to have fun watching the Cowboys at the Dolphins. Now, the Cowboys, they just got the ball run down their throats by the Buffalo Bills. So now everyone thinks, oh, the story's out on on the Cowboys. This is how you beat them. Well, I'm going to fill you guys in. Dan Quinn's a pretty good defensive coordinator. I got a feeling they're going to work on fixing that. The Dolphins. (laughs)
1: Let me, let me push back on that a little bit. Drake. Okay. I, and I'm not trying to say Dan Quinn isn't a good defensive coordinator, but there's been a, so much chirping and the morning shows are doing this and that. It's like, Oh, this week, the Eagles are frauds. Oh, but now this week, the Cowboys are frauds. What if they both are?
0: Cause that's what it looks like to me right now. Tell I don't me. think. I don't think the Cowboys are frauds. I think they just went up to Buffalo and they got beat by a hot team playing at home, that, and, that being and said. Dallas couldn't play for the, from the lead. In this game right here, I think it matters. Can Dallas jump out on Miami so that Miami can't try to run the ball with Mostert and uh, you know, down their throat? Because that's what you want to do. Dallas has all these speed guys. You you want to run right at them. When the Eagles used to kick their ass a year ago, what did they do? They took Micah Parsons out of the mix, and they would just run the ball downhill on him. So I think, yeah, that's what the Dolphins are going to try to do.
1: And Mike McDaniel also, I think is so smart that I think he's going to take some deep play action shots off of that. Here's my question to you, Drake. What good offense has the Cowboys stopped this year?
0: Uh, Let's see. Well, you could just say the Eagles when they self imploded with three fumbles against them
1: over six yards per play in that game. Now, of course, some of that's going to be late in the game and it was a three score game. Mm -hmm. But. Three fumbles in Cowboys territory or near mid- midfield. So which good offense have they stopped? Maybe the Rams a few weeks ago. They didn't stop the Seahawks. They didn't stop the 49ers. They didn't stop the Eagles in Philadelphia. Which good offense have they stopped? Well, They've you can say them, this then. Out of- bad ones.
0: Well, and, good. That,
1: and that that should be, look, that that should be commended. You need to beat the shit out of bad teams. That's how you win in the mm-hmm. NFL. But I'm just saying, like, from a fantasy football standpoint, why would you feel bad about any of your Dolphins right here? I don't oh, see no. any evidence of that at all. I'm
0: playing, this is one of those start everybody games. You don't need us to sit here and tell you this. We're, we don't have to break down the merits of, you know, two is throwing 73% of his passes to first read guys, third highest in the NFL. That's from Chris Wex, five stats to know. But you know this. This is what I'm going to tell anybody out here who's playing fantasy football. If you have anybody in this game, maybe with the exception, uh, the exception of like a Brandon Cooks or a Michael Gallup, start them all and sit back and enjoy the game because they're all going to put up points in this one. I don't know. I mean, there, there's no big breakdown here. Start everybody. Even two weeks ago.
1: And like, of course, the, uh, the Eagles weren't going to win that game anyway because of their defense. So I'm not trying to say the Eagles. like, But look, Jalen Hurts fumbles at the Dallas 21. AJ Brown fumbles at the Dallas 37. Devontae Smith fumbles at the Dallas 12. That's why the Eagles didn't score a touchdown, not because of not because of the Cowboys. And look, the Cowboys, you have to make those plays too. So I'm not trying to like, but I'm just saying the Eagles move the ball in that game. Miami's going to move the ball in this game. Miami's going to score. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Miami's going to
0: win this game. Do you think a-chan has a bigger role in this game. If he's sitting on your bench, you know he didn't really do much a week ago, he's coming off these injuries, he's always kind of nicked up. Are you nervous about Devon A-chan as a flex play this week?
1: Last week I started DeAndre Swift over him. Um the process was good. The results it didn't really matter. It was virtually identical. Um I think I'm gonna do the same thing this week. I have the same decision in two leagues. Um, I think he's yeah, I think he's a flex option, but after what I saw by from James cook, I might feel better about that.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, let's keep it rolling. We're hitting Sunday night football. Good God. How did this game not get flexed out? Patriots at Broncos. Um, Just be
1: be drunk for this one, man. Just like seriously.
0: I mean, if you still have anybody in this game, Javante killed me last week, Joe, I remember messaging you in the fantasy points discord. I'm like, Here's my options. Here's who I could play. We both kind of said, all right, well, you got to go Javante. And he destroyed me. Uh, Barrett's talking about how game script dependent that he is. He averages eight points basically in losses and 11.2 in victories by a field goal or less. 15 points in wins. So if they beat the Patriots, maybe he gets into the end zone and scores for you. Zeke Elliott, you're going to play him. Cortland Sutton, you're going to play him. I, Pop Douglas, I don't know. Third receiver, flex, any interest?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> um, here's the problem for Javante. Over the last five weeks, the Patriots have given up just .3 yards before contact on non-scramble runs. That's less than half of the next best defense, which is Miami. Javante might get 20 carries for 62 yards in this game. That's <laughs> There's not. your d- dilemma with Javante.
0: Sounds about right. Mm. All right. Let's see. The Christmas
1: slate's actually pretty decent. Like, in terms of fantasy, there's there's one obviously really good game. But Mm -hmm. in terms of fantasy, the Christmas slate is okay.
0: So, oh, let's hit those games. Raiders at the Chiefs. Now, Patrick Mahomes, I got people asking me, like, do I sit Mahomes? I mean, he's not really been setting the world on fire. He can. If I'm playing in the fantasy playoffs, though, against the Raiders are not great. I get they've got a little bit of a pass rush here. I throw out last week's tape against the, the Chargers. I'm going down swinging if I got Patrick Mahomes because you know we can get those little pop passes at the goal line. Uh, if I got Mahomes, I'm not second-guessing it.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm going to start Rashi Rice, too. I think Rasheed Rice is a top-ten receiver on this slate. Um, yep. There's a few things. First and foremost, Chris Wecht uh, brought it up in the in the five stats. He, he is by far leading the NFL in recent weeks in terms of designed targets, like targets yep. just basically one-read throws that aren't even one-read. It's essentially a handoff. Um, that's number one. Number two. He ran uh, against the Raiders in week 12. Rice ran a season-high 66.7% of his routes out wide. Over the last five weeks, the Raiders have given up the second-most fantasy points per game schedule adjusted to out wide wide receivers. And that Rasheed Rice, back in week 12, had a season-high 107 receiving yards and a touchdown against the Raiders. I think he's a top 10. His ADOT is still low, but it's Mm -hmm. working. He's a top 10
0: wide receiver on this slate for me. You mentioned that. Fantasy points PPR projections for the week. Rishi Rice, wide receiver 10. Well, there you know. There you go. So, Top 10 receiver for me this week. Pacheco back at practice this week. Uh I saw Adam Teicher an hour ago putting photos of Pacheco at practice. So it looks like you could get him back uh into your lineup. You know, he's a great RB2 guy, runs hard, gets into the end zone, really dampens anybody who might have been just plug and playing CEH or Jarek McKinnon. For the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Are we going to see him this week, Joe? And, and if not, so. you know, you, Zamir White had a real nice game last week, but you know, if, if I don't know about that. And then both receivers you're going to play. Obviously, Adams and you're going to play uh, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, hey, hopefully Jacoby could throw another
1: one. That'd be great. Adams is going to get shadowed by Lejarius Sneed, but um, but you, you play Devonte Adams. He he put the most yards on Legarius Sneed this year. Uh, he had 73 back in Week 12.
0: Our birds, they're at home oh, trying to the right the ship
1: Stupid team,
0: Tommy DeVito and the Giants. And, you know, you look at the Eagles and you say they need to run the ball more. We could do a four. We should do an Eagles podcast. I,
1: I mean, Drake, I don't know if it's necessarily run the ball more. It's just that their offense is just so bad. It's just like, you know, I don't know shit about play calling. I just know good ones when I see it. And it's just, you know. The problem was, you saw AJ Brown went on Twitter this week, and he said, oh, um, I "You guys don't know. You. <laughs> you guys don't know what you're looking at." Blah blah blah. Jalen made the right read here. Blah blah. He just missed the throw, which is fine. You know, quarterbacks miss mm-hmm. throws. But the problem is, I think that it showed up. It showed what it might be wrong with the Eagles' play calling. the The problem might have been that he was the first read in the first place. It's like it's either a. a fucking bubble screen wide receiver screen or a deep shot and there's nothing else aj brown's the best slant receiver in football and they
0: throw one or two outside of the debo
1: yeah like it's just it just i don't understand it drake i don't understand like look you lose shane steichen who's obviously a great play caller and things are going to go backwards on some level jalen hurts is probably more dinged up than we than we've ever been led on to believe he was sick last week but I don't know. It's just the same problems for this Eagle offense. They that we like that. They throw the ball to their good players. We like that for Mm -hmm. fantasy. But last year, like the 49ers do this year, they both threw the ball to their good players and schemed for their good players. This year, it's just like, all right, Jalen, here's the play. Oh, AJ's in single coverage. We're not going to do anything. He just hope he wins and throw the ball to him. And he's going to win more often than not because he's A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith's going to win more often than not
0: because he's Devontae Smith. So just go throw him the ball. You know, like, why why can't it be both? Why can't it be both? You mentioned Devontae Smith. Back-to-back weeks finishing outside the top 30 of PPR receivers. So he's become, Joe, a guy that if he doesn't score, he doesn't really come through. He's got five receptions each in his last two games. So he's giving you 10 PPR points. That coincides with the return of Dallas Goddard. Goddard saw nine targets against Seattle, managed only 30 yards. The Eagles don't use the middle of the field. Everything they do is a slow-developing route down deep down the sideline. Teams are just playing this cloud coverage down the field because they know Hurts is never going to check it down, and he, he, if it's not deep down the field, he's just going to run. Uh, but again, with the Eagles, you play everybody. I kind of like Saquon a little bit in this game. Uh, I think he could get a bunch of checkdowns, and you know he always finds the box. Uh, two guys I want to ask you about confidence level on Darren Waller. I mean, Eagles none confidence know, level none, but all. I can
1: I can I could talk myself into it for sure against the middle of the, the Eagles defense, which the Eagles defense was better last week. They had a horrible drive at the end of the game, but of mm-hmm. course they played Drew Locke. Now, you know I know Tommy DeVito is a meme, but I don't think you're scared of Tommy DeVito. You know he's mobile Do- that that which which gives the Eagles problems.
0: All right, and re- the play of the week. DFS, maybe you're a huge underdog, Boston Scott. He oh, scored 11 God. touchdowns in nine games against the Giants. You know Sirianni, and the team knows about it. They get to the yeah, one-yard line. Here's I, my – They're pulling Swift. They're putting Boston Scott
1: in. Uh, here's my – maybe, Maybe at the end of the game, but here's my thing. Is your offense good enough right now that you can do, like, a meme troll? Like, seriously. No. Like, last year when the Eagles were basically the 49ers offensively, They could do that. They control the giants because their offense could do whatever the fuck they wanted. I don't know if they can do that this year. Imagine putting Boston Scott in at the one and he fumbles because that's the kind of shit that's been happening with them this year.
0: Like it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The Eagles have uh, thrown one touchdown pass in this three game losing streak. Both AJ Brown and Devontae Smith saw their lowest targets per route run in nearly a month or more. So, uh good luck if you're starting your birds out there i think they turned it around though i mean they're, they're I, I mean I think, they're gonna, I think
1: they're going to i think they're going to win their last 3 games of the season and they're going to win the nfc east um and they're probably going to lose in the playoffs i mean i think that's that's where we're trending right now i, I mean yeah. i'm not saying this definitively you know teams go on a bad 3 game stretch all the time it's just like A lot of the Eagles' issues have really started to really get – you expect those issues that they had when they were winning games. You're like, ah, you know, they're lucky. They're winning games. They can fix these. Those issues have gotten worse, and that's the problem.
0: And game of the weekend, Ravens on the road at the 49ers. Let's go, Ravens. Come on. You're you're our team here. We're adopting you this week on the two-point stand. It doesn't
1: matter. It doesn't matter because the 49ers have the tiebreaker over the Eagles and the Cowboys, and they're not going to lose another game after this. You never know. They, they've
0: after. lost a couple, you know, they lost back to back earlier this <laughs> year. We can, we could see it. Uh, so the Ravens losing Keaton Mitchell. That means we're going to see more Justice Hill on long down and distance situations. The Gus bus is back in our lives. And I-, I didn't know he was still in the NFL, but he was on their practice squad. Melvin, um, Gordon. Melvin Gordon coming back in. Any chance you're plugging a Ravens running back into a lineup this week? Uh, honestly,
1: um, if, if it was one, I think you can make a justification for for Gus or uh, Justice Hill. But in terms of the projected game flow, it's Justice Hill, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's the guy they trust in hurry up and passing down. So that's the one I would play. If I, if I needed to pick one, I would pick him because Gus Edwards doesn't do anything if he doesn't score a
0: touchdown. Yeah, not at all. And for the 49ers, I mean, this is a team, they've got a tough matchup, folks. The, you know, Ravens are a really good team, but I mean, what are you talking about here? It's, you can't sit anybody. You put them all in, you hope for the best and and you see what happens here. So uh, I love it. They're
1: they're like the, they're like the Eagles of last year. You just never sit any of them. Like,
0: why would you
1: be, you just can't do it.
0: Exactly. Joe, there's quite the deal happening over at Fantasy Points right now. You've Indeed. decided to say, "Let's put everything that we do, everything from the data package to DFS to our premium podcast to our subs- uh, you know our projections, we're gonna put it all together." Tell the people how they can save some damn money.
1: Yeah, you go to fantasypoints.com, subscribe to our all-in package, which is basically right now half off of what it would be to cost to, to buy all of our packages individually. We're expanding our spring football coverage this year. We're expanding our college football coverage. Those are each getting their own package, but they all come in under the all-in package. And by the way, Drake, since our early bird, there is no people have asked me about this because they're kind of confused. They're like, wait a minute, you know, why would I order now when I could just order in April? Well, here's the reason. Oh, I already have all of 2023. You get the rest of 2023 if you're not a subscriber. Oh, I already have all of 2023. Why would I buy now? Because Drake, that our prices will never be cheaper than this. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to be. Do we have will we have promo codes at some point? Sure, we will. But you're never gonna get a promo code with the already 20% off on the early bird again. And for listening to this podcast, I do have to do a little bit of sales salesmanship here. Use code SANTA points24 and get an additional. 10% off on top of the 20% that is valid for all packages, including the all in package. So stuff you're stocking with a little fantasy points. There is no disadvantage to subscribing right now. You're not going to auto renew in April. If you subscribe now, your auto renew and your time bu- framework for when you have to renew is April of 2025. It gives you basically 18 months of fantasy points, 16 months of fantasy points. So uh drake it's it's our best deal uh of the year and we you will not get a better one i guarantee you that
0: i love it put that in your stocking you know guys out there you're they're not gonna buy any good gifts Uh, let me fill you in between all the dads your wife the kids mom dad whoever they ain't gonna get you anything good give yourself the gift of fantasy points this year with the all-in package uh, and use that code uh, Santa Points twenty-three. What a what a code, Joe. I love it. Uh make sure people read their emails out there. Joe's Santa Points twenty four, by the way. Twenty twenty four. Oh god. Yeah, because
1: sorry. it's for because it's for your twenty twenty four subscription, even though it expires on New Year's Day
0: twenty twenty four. Yes, while you guys are watching all the college football. The next year, my Orange will be there, but uh, we're going to let you go because I have to go watch the Orange basketball team in action, uh, which by the time you guys listen to this, you will already hear of their great triumph or horrific defeat to the University of Niagara and Greg Paulus, their head coach, for you folks who remember uh, him as a uh, Duke Blue Devil. so Joe, have a great Christmas. I hope you uh, and the missus are eating some good food and drinking some good drinks. And To all our great listeners out there, Thank you for riding with us all season. Let's get you into those championship games, and we're going to come back and do it all again next week in the two-point stance. See you, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform, and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com.